Hey there, it's me, Dawn Renee, from Beautifully Broken with Dawn Renee. But then you knew that, didn't you? I wanted to welcome you and thank you for joining me for season two of this lovely journey. In this season, we're exploring self-care, becoming more self-aware, things that we can do like meditation and Reiki and um, uh, what is it? Chakra alignments and intuition and thankfulness and so many different things you can do that are self-care that you don't even think of as self-care. Things that make you feel good. Things that remind you that you're a good person. Things that lighten your heart and bring you joy. And in this season two, we're going to have a series that's called Faces of Joy and Pain. And it's people who have found ways to provide self-care and find, as one said, little snippets of joy throughout the day, every day, even in the midst of family issues and physical trials and emotional and mental yuck, you can find ways to find a little bit of joy and happiness and peace in your day, in your life. And you'd be surprised at how many of these people that I'm going to have my conversations with will tell you the same thing I will, that it grows and it becomes so much more than just a few minutes of hiding from the children or getting yourself together or quieting the thoughts running through your mind. It becomes a way of dealing with everything, of gaining control of you and your thoughts and being able to step back into whatever you're dealing with with more confidence and more self-esteem than you had before. It's crazy. But when you do self-care and you become self-aware, it is amazing how that flows out to others and you become aware of your surroundings and the people in it. And you're able to do more for them because you're doing more for you first. So. I know I went off on a tangent, but this season two is something that's really close to me, to my heart and really means a lot to me because it's what I've been doing for the last year. It's what I've been working through with my health issues and mental, emotional and physical strife that it's caused. Finding yourself time after time in a place you never thought you'd ever be in can break you down or it can build you up. And I am finding ways to build myself up and in so doing, build others and bring them on the journey with me so that we can all be healthier and happier together. I can't wait to you, for you to join me for season two. Here comes another great episode. Enjoy. Welcome to Beautifully Broken with Dawn Renee. I'm your host, Dawn Renee Hanlon, and today is a Real Talk Tuesday. And the topic of conversation today is car conversations. Yep, we've all had them. You're on a road trip, and one of the kids says from the back seat something like, Mommy, where do babies come from? Or, Mom, if a boy really likes you, 
is it okay to kiss them on the first date? Or, mom, do you know what a BJ is? Yeah, real conversations from the backseat of my car on road trips. More than once, I have almost run off the side of the road. Or then there was the comment from the back seat. The baby's car seat is all wet. There's a puddle. And I said, did she spill her lemonade? Well, I don't know. Let me see. Well, it doesn't taste like lemonade. How do you respond to that? When your eight-year-old son has now stuck his finger into the wet and licked it, and it didn't taste like lemonade. Hmm. You pull over the side of the road and change the baby's diaper. Yeah, that's what you do. Or how about this one? Mommy, I don't feel so good. And then the sound of retching and you're on the Pennsylvania Turnpike and you can't get off because there's no shoulder and there's nowhere to go. And you're scrambling for a Walmart bag, for a paper bag from fast food restaurant, anything, because you now have got vomit all over the backseat of the car. Oh, and the two children that were sitting in the backseat of the car. Yeah. These are things that happen when we're on road trips. Do you ever have these things or is it just me with my kids? Because they always choose the most unusually inopportune times to have these conversations. But at the same time, I like that they were comfortable enough to ask these questions. That we have the time and the focus on each other to be able to have conversations. Were they uncomfortable? Heck yeah. Probably on both sides. But having conversations with your children, with your spouse, I mean, how many times have you been on a car trip and the kids are quietly playing in the background, in the back seat, and they've got their movies going and they've got their earbuds in? Um, we had a, a minivan that had two screens. So with six kids, some of them could watch one movie with the headphones and could, and the other ones could watch the other movie with the headphones. And he and I could have conversations and the kids weren't a part of it. And we, we made a lot of life decisions. We had a lot of good conversations on those long trips to visit relatives in the South, in the West, all over the country. And you know what? I miss those conversations now that my kids are grown and we're not road tripping anywhere. Uh, with my husband gone, you know, it's just me in the car singing along with the radio, listening to podcasts or, um, you know, the the um, comedy radio. Uh, we would always drive overnight um, as much as possible. We would drive overnight to go places because the kids would sleep the whole way. And we would listen to comedy radio. We would listen to, you know, 80s music and sing along. And he would reach out his hand as he drove. His right hand would reach out into air and I would hold it. And we would just drive down the road, singing along, holding hands. And every now and then it would be a, hey, remember this song? Remember that date? Remember when we saw Flashdance? Remember that time we went to that restaurant and they had that pig's trough uh, banana split and you ate the whole thing? Um, that was him talking to me because, yes, I did eat six scoops of ice cream, four bananas, and all topped with yummy strawberry, chocolate, caramel, and whipped cream goodness. Yes, I did. Car conversations. Sometimes it seemed like you could solve all the problems in your life 
on an eight-hour drive down 95. At least it did in our family. We would have disagreements um, and arguments, and sometimes they would get very heated, and we would table it. And then as soon as we got in the car for the trip, I would say, are we ready to talk about whatever? And he would say, yep, let's go. And we would talk about it. And if it took eight hours to get it sorted out, if it took eight hours to come to an agreement we both were comfortable with, to come to a compromise that we both found acceptable, that it took eight hours. And it's funny because even if we became heated in our discussion, we still held hands. He would still stop in the middle of the discussion and say, I love this song. Remember when we saw this, you know, Brian Adams in concert? Or I would say, oh my gosh, honey, remember when we stopped at that little rest stop up the road and, you know, just had a picnic lunch? You know, those are the things that we would stop our conversations, our discussions, our arguments with these moments of happy memories. And then we would continue on. What I've come to understand is that these car conversations with the kids, with my husband, were more than just conversations. We were actually communicating on a different level. We were completely involved in the conversation. You are undivided attention. I mean, your eyes are on the road, but you are trapped in a car and you have to have this discussion because you can't leave. It's not like you can just walk out. You have to address it, deal with it. And that's probably a good thing because so many times people avoid the conversation, avoid the confrontation. I mean, I am a not a confrontational person at all. I avoid conflict. I, I'm a mediator. I'm a peacekeeper. But sometimes you have to address the elephant in the room or the sex questions or the, you know, drug questions, you know, you know, things like, um, when, when my, my kids were, um, little and they asked my dad and they said, Papa, how long have you been smoking? And he said, since I was 13, but don't you start, you know, um, and we get in the car and they're like, really? His mom and dad, you know, great grandma and great granddaddy let him smoke at 13. I was like, honey, they all smoked. That's what they did. You know, that was normal back then. It's just what they did. You know, these are times to teach your children, to talk about the history of your family, to talk about what your expectations for them as they grow up are. And I like that I was able to hopefully use some of these, I, uh, some of these times where we were completely involved, undivided attention, um, and aware of each other's discomfort, to let the kids know that no topic was off limits, nothing they said was wrong. However, they felt was real. Whether I thought they should feel that way or not didn't matter. If they said that they were having problems at school with somebody who picked on them. And I thought that, wow, that doesn't seem right. That, that seems silly. That's not even worth bothering about. 
for me, that may be how I saw it, but it wasn't about me. It was about them and how they felt. And they knew that I had their complete attention and would listen to them and not judge. Car conversations. Having that space within those doors as you're driving down the road, be a no judgment zone. That's important. When those questions are posed from the backseat, where exactly do babies get come from? Well, how did they get there? How does it get out? You know, these are questions that all parents get at some point, preferably not on 95 going 65 miles an hour from your six and a half year old son, but they happen. And instead of saying, oh, we don't need to worry about that. We talked about it. I was open and honest on the level that he could understand. And when he was 10 and he asked the question again, I told him what he needed to know on the level that he could understand at age 10. You know, it's hard when you have kids that range from preschool through college all at the same time because conversations are had with the older children on a level that is perfect for them and their understanding of the world around them that the little ones just don't understand. So you have to be careful with that. And in the car, you really have to be careful and hope that the little kids have got their earphones on and are listening to SpongeBob movie and not your conversation. But I do miss those conversations. The intimacy, the attention, the openness of them. Do you have conversations with your kids, your spouse, your family members that are open and honest? Do you resolve conflicts in the confines of the car? Or do you push it aside to deal with it later and then never circle back to it somehow? It just never quite happens. It's never the right time. Because let me tell you, it is never the right time for those conversations. Even when you think you're prepared for them when they come, most often it is not an opportune time. But what I found was by addressing it right then when they were asking, it got rid of any anxious or anxiety or stigma or concerns the kids had, or my husband had for that matter. Although his way of dealing with it was often to crack a joke, um, a horrible dad joke usually, which I actually miss terribly, um, and get the tension from the question that everybody sucked in that, oh my God, did you just say that? Um, Relieve the tension. And he was good for that. And then he would turn to me and like, look at me like, okay, all right, now the ball's in your court. You, I can't wait to hear what you have to say. One time, my daughter was, um, gosh, she must have been about four and a half, five. And I was pregnant with my oldest son. And we were in line at the grocery store. And there was this African-American woman with this most adorable child in the basket in front of us, sitting in the, in the grocery cart. And she had these cornrows with little barrettes on all of them all over her head and these big chubby cheeks and these gorgeous golden brown eyes with these beautiful curling eyelashes and perfect little 
bow, you know, bow shaped mouth. And she was just the cutest little thing. And my daughter says, mommy, I want a brown baby and pats my tummy. And all of a sudden the woman in front of me, I saw her straighten up and kind of lean back so she could hear this conversation a little better. And I knew she was thinking, hmm, what's this white woman going to say? Well, here's the thing. This is what I said to my daughter. Well, honey, why do you want a brown baby? She said, because that baby is so pretty. That baby is so cute. Can, I, can we can we get a baby like that? And I said, well, I don't think that's going to be possible because you see that baby's mommy and daddy are brown and our baby's mommy and daddy are not. So our baby can't be brown because the mommy and daddy aren't brown. The baby comes out like the mommy and daddy. And that woman turned around with a big grin on her face. And she said, I was wondering how you're going to approach that. And I said, well, I figured the best way to explain it was to tell the truth. And she said, I am very glad to hear it because, you know, now I know how to answer if one of my kids asked me the same question. And we laughed about it. And my daughter looked at that baby and then she looked at the mom and she said, but your baby is so pretty. And right there, I knew that, you know, I was probably doing a good job, even when I wasn't sure what I was doing, that my children saw this beautiful baby and just saw her as a beautiful baby was perfect because that's one of the conversations we've had along the way. Who's mom, who's dad, what color, what race? And I would tell my kids, we all have different color skin, even us. Some of us are very white. Some of us are palish. Some of us are tan in the summertime and get quite dark. That doesn't change who we are on the inside. It doesn't matter where we've come from. It doesn't matter what color our skin is. What matters is on the inside. And that was also a car conversation one time too. I'd forgotten about that one. So I guess my real talk for today is car conversations. Be prepared because they're going to come when you're not prepared. So try to be prepared, but know that if your kids are asking you these questions that you're not sure of the answers or if the answer is right or wrong or what to say while you're in the confines of the car and you can't escape, that means that they trust you enough to be open and honest with you. That means that they are not afraid to talk to you about anything. And that's a pretty cool thing. Actually, that's a pretty great thing to have, that kind of trust and confidence in your children's eyes for you, that they trust you, they have confidence in you, and they're not afraid to ask you these difficult questions. So next time you're on a road trip and your kids start asking you questions, just take a deep breath, let it out, and then answer the question to the best of your ability in a way that they can understand for wherever they are in life. Six-year-old's question, the answer is different than the 10-year-old. Same question, different answer, 
16-year-old, same question, different answer, whatever it is. Just know that you're lucky that your kids trust you and have faith in you and that you're keeping the lines of communication open. Because let me tell you, when they get to teenagers, you're going to be glad that you have. So that's the Real Talk Tuesday for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And please let me know. Do your kids ask you weird questions when you know you can't escape and you've got to address it? Yeah. Let me tell you, there have been some doozies coming from the backseat of my car. What kind of questions do your kids ask? Inquiring minds want to know. Until next time, remember, if you're struggling, please reach out. If you know someone who's struggling, please reach out and let them know you're there. And remember, take care of you because if you don't, who will? Sending you all love and light. Until next time, have a spectacular Thank you for listening to today's episode of Beautifully Broken with Dawn Renee, the podcast. I'm so glad you've been joining me on this journey and that of my friends I've had conversations with along the way. If you are struggling, I need you to make sure that you reach out to someone that you can trust. And if you know someone who's struggling, especially here during the holidays, please reach out to someone and let them know you care. Please please. And remember, the suicide hotline is open 24-7. If you're a vet and you're struggling with PTSD, depression, anything, please reach out to the VA nearest you. And as always, I'm sending my light and love to all of you, my dear Beautifully Broken tribe. You can find me here on Tuesdays and Thursdays for the regularly scheduled podcasts. You can find me on the Beautifully Broken with Dawn Renee podcast, podcast Facebook group just by looking it up and asking to join. I add extra content in there throughout the week, and I hope that the people um, that you refer this podcast to will join me there as well as you. And as always, Instagram, Dawn Renee underscore H and Facebook at Dawn Hanlon or Color Me Everything. You can find my website where everything I love comes together at colormeeverything.com. Have a great day and please share, comment, like, tell your friends about the podcast if you like it. And please be sure to let me know what you like because my entire purpose is to help you get through whatever it is you're dealing with today. Again, thank you for listening and I can't wait to talk to you again soon.